Welcome back, everybody. It's the College Football Betting Show on Betting Pros. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I am joined, as always, by Thor Nystrom at Thor KU on the Twitter machine. We are already up to week eight, Thor. The season is moving at a fast and furious pace. We are here to talk about some bets. We've got the early matchups for Thursday, Friday. We've got games with 95% of the cash on one way or the other. We got the top five games. And then, of course, at the end, we will ask Thor what his favorite pick or picks, maybe one or two games at the end here. But Thor, how did week seven treat you? Week seven was awful for me. Is my worst week. Uh, my first one below 500 on my picks, but we're going to bounce back in week eight. So I'm ready for it, but I, I'm ready to put week seven to bed. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was, first of all, it was a great weekend of games. The, I mean, the theater of the whole thing from start to finish was fabulous. It was, it was one of the few weeks so far this week or this year on Saturday where you're, you don't have enough screens. However many yeah. screens you've given yourself, you're like, I'm still too short, you know, because there's all right. these, especially that 2.30 slot. And there was just so many things going on. And you had the, the epic, of course, Tennessee, Alabama game. Um, just a fabulous weekend of, of college football. I'm starting to heat up uh, in, in my calm. So I'm, I'm happy about that, too, and, and excited to, to, you know, get into week eight. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun one. And these uh, first games that we hit here, we always hit Thursday, Friday games first. And I know you like two of these games a ton. So I'll just run through them real quick and then I will hand it over to you. Georgia Tech minus three uh, at home against Virginia. 47 is the over. South Alabama is a three point home favorite against Troy. 46 and a half is the total on that one. Uh, those are on Thursday. Two games on Friday. Tulsa by 13 at Temple. 52 and a half is the total on that one. And Western Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite against UAB. Uh, 57 and a half is the total in that one. And I know there are a couple games here in particular that you like. So, Thor, which ones are they out of the, these four? Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll start on Thursday. This one I don't like quite as much as the other one, but I like it enough where it made my column of my top 10 bets this week. I am going to hold my nose and and buy a ticket on Virginia, getting the three points against Georgia Tech. You have to hold your nose because Virginia's been a huge disappointment, and they have the worst against the spread record in the nation or tied for it. Um, they've only covered one game this season. But Georgia Tech, this, I mean, if if we were talking about this last hour, but if if it's possible for a two-win team to have a letdown spot, this would be the situation where it would happen. Georgia Tech fires Jeff Collins, and since then they have won two straight games as outright underdogs. Um, in, in this one, can you get the same level of performance that you did in the past two? Feels unsustainable to me. Feels like a letdown spot is coming. This would seem to line up well for it. So, so you know, selling high on them. And meanwhile, on the other, the other side with Virginia, you almost can't buy them any lower than this. So you have the two things going against each other. Um, the, the offensive lines on both sides stink. The pass rushes on both sides are solid. Um, both teams average exactly two and a half sacks per game. So those things, to me, sort of nullify each other. I think this game is going to lean, skew heavily towards the run game on both sides. And that's where Virginia has an enormous advantage. They run the ball better than Georgia Tech, and they defend the run far better than Georgia Tech does. Again, I'm going to hold my nose, and I'm going to take those points with Virginia. <laughs> live dog. And then the other one, moving to Friday, um, the game that I like more is UAB against Western Kentucky I, you know, the, the line's been two and a half all week. I, you know, I guess in, in the past couple hours, it might have toggled down in a couple books to two or 
one and a half. I don't care. I don't care what the spread is. I think UAB is going to win this game. So, so it doesn't really matter to me. It's certainly not going to even get up to UAB minus three, even if it crosses the threshold. Western Kentucky is one of the most matchup specific teams in all of college football of all the 131 teams. It's when you're handicapping their games, the opponent matters, not them. Uh, you know, in, in terms of lining up against their strengths and their weaknesses, Western Kentucky spread throwing team that throws the ball very good. Not quite as good as they did last year when, when they had the rookie sensation, Belly Zappi running their offense, mm-hmm. but they've, their, their passing attack is it's very good. It, it, objectively either top 20 or top 25 in the entire nation, both efficient and explosive opposing pass defense can, can hold it down a little bit because Western Kentucky can't run. And then on the other side, Western Kentucky, their secondary is very good, but their front seven is not. They get blown off the ball. So you want to play on, uh, on Western Kentucky when they're facing teams that can only throw and can't run and can't defend the pass. That was Middle Tennessee last week. That's why we were on Western Kentucky, why we laid the, the touchdown plus on them, and they, they covered easily. This is a totally different scenario against UAB. UAB strengths are all of Western Kentucky's weaknesses. Western <laughs> Kentucky hates facing the downhill powerful rushing attacks. But that's UAB. They have one of the best ones in the G5. And if you were looking around the G5 and trying to find a better secondary than Western Kentucky's, UAB would be one of the names that you come up with. There's not a ton. UAB would certainly be one of them. UAB's pass defense is really, really good. Their secondary is good. Their pass rush is solid. They're going to be able to hold down Western Kentucky's passing game, uh, certainly to a degree, and they're going to be able to mercilessly exploit Western Kentucky's run defense. Uh, I think UAB is going to win this game. I don't I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking UAB. I like it. Uh, interesting games on a Thursday and a Friday. You have a lean in South Alabama, Troy, or Tulsa Temple at all? I, I was leaning Troy earlier in the week as sort of a contrarian play because South Alabama is banged up. And South Alabama, their worst thing is passing explosion from the other team. And that's one of Troy's best things. Um, but Troy is a team that I don't trust as far as I can throw them. And South Alabama has been a, a trustworthy team so far this year. So outside of that one thing, uh, and then my my sort of trepidation of, of hopping in on, on the one side or the other, um, that's why I'm staying away from it. But I would lean Troy because I think they can exploit South Alabama's biggest weakness. Again, it's going to be a contrarian play because the, the public's on South Alabama, but um, Troy taking the, the small amount of points would be if I had to pick one side. Uh, Tulsa Temple, anything there? Um, in that game, the, the last line I saw on it was uh, Tulsa minus 13. My line on that game is Tulsa minus 10. Um, and Temple, I think, will be able to hold down the Tulsa offense. And maybe, but like, speaking of holding your nose, right? Well, yeah. Well, I held my nose last week when Temple was playing UCF. Um, you know, it wasn't an official play for me, but like, you know, it was a, it was a weeknight game again. So I, I got, yeah, I got to get so some action on it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and Temple, like, you know, their offense, it's, it's an abomination, but their defense is solid, specifically the run defense. And so, like, I was following sort of this same line in in my action bet on on temple and temple got steamrolled um their their pass defense definitely is not as good as their their run defense and ucf even though they have a quarterback that i again don't trust as far as i could throw him and john reese Plumley in terms of throwing the ball he was able to throw on on the on the temple uh, pass defense which opened up the the run game which initially you know they, they had to sort of 
go, go, go. But then all of a sudden, That's Tepper, a rare, like not so rare this these days, but throw to run game. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And then, and then Temple at that point, you know, they had to put guys back. Cause it's like, Oh, John Reese Plumley can actually, you know, beat us through the air. And then at that point they were giving up explosive runs, uh, stuff like that for, for those, like I couldn't take Tulsa laying as many points as you have to here, but I'm not taking Temple after I followed the same line of thought to get there on an action bet last week. Stay away from me. All right. So on the big money games here, we'll start with the spreads that have 95% more of cash. And this is as of, you know, Wednesday afternoon. So obviously these totals are going to change. Uh, but we have uh, some bigger discrepancies than we've had in the past in terms of the cash and the tickets in these four games specifically. Most of the uh, totals that we'll get to, we have four on each side, but most of the totals we get to are uh, much closer, except for one is way different. But uh, we start out NIU minus three at Ohio is uh, at 95%, but the tickets were uh, closer to 50% at 56 Akron plus 18 and a half at Kent State. Akron is bad, but so is Kent State. 97% of the cash on Akron, but only 51% of tickets. Uh, Cal plus seven and a half against Washington, almost 100%, 99% of cash, but less than 50% of the tickets, 48% of the tickets. So 52% are on Washington. And then Hawaii plus five and a half, another one at Colorado State, uh, 96% cash, but 53% of the tickets. So Thor, four games with a lot of cash on one side, which tells me it's probably uh, someone betting enormous on these games, like one or two people betting on uh, that side of the game, and the tickets are closer to 50-50 on all of them. Uh, so what do you think about these games? Uh, is there anyone that you have a lean on towards the cash or away from the cash. Yeah. This is always one of my, my favorite segments we do. Cause I, you know, this is the first time I, I see these and it's always interesting to see, you know, I mean like, you know, the, the money in and then the tickets bought, it's usually where you get the discrepancy of the sharps against the, the squares. So it's always interesting to see where that falls. The, the NIU Ohio game. Um, I had initially sort of leaned NIU cause I think their advanced metrics don't flatter them to the degree they should because Rocky Lombardi came back last week. And um, that, that was one where it was frustrating because nobody had reported that Rocky Lombardi was going to, you know, play so in that game. That I missed last week, Thor, right Same. there. I picked East of Michigan. So. Same. I mean, like all the reports you got is, you know, Rocky Lombardi is going to be out either, you know, into November or out for the season. And then all of a sudden he just shows up and, and, and he's playing. NIU is a different team with Rocky Lombardi against, I believe his name is Ethan Hampton. Um, a, a enormous upgrade when you when you get Rocky Lombardi. But if I'd known that Rocky Lombardi was was going to be starting that game, I, I wouldn't have bet on Eastern Michigan. But in this one, you know you're going to get them. NIU is going to tick way back up, right? But Ohio, they've ticked up just not like th their team is better than we thought it was going to be over the off season. Ohio's defense stinks, but they can move the ball certainly on any MAC defense. Um, and the th move up the ball on several Power Five teams, I think as well. I really like Ohio's offense. I hate their defense. Um, and I, you, you, you took them up, but like, I couldn't get there on this side. My bigger lean in that game is on the total. My, uh, my systems total on this game is 77 and a half. Whoa. Yeah. The, the, you know, it's in the mid sixties live. Um, it, it's not, a. you would think that these teams play faster than they actually do. Um, so it, it's not about tempo. Not, neither of these teams in the top 90 in adjusted tempo, 
but the offenses are so good and the defenses stink on both sides. Ohio's is particularly bad, but NIU's is not good either. And like I said, Ohio's offense really good. And then NIU's when you get Lombardi back, all of a sudden everything works again, right? Like the, the, the defense has to respect the pass. So the run game now all of a sudden is viable again while the passing attack ticks way up. So, I mean, my lane in that game would be the over and not necessarily the side. The Akron, th- that was the one I was sort of grinning about when you were going through. <laughs> what What's so interesting to me about that is, and I, w- I wouldn't have necessarily predicted this, but the sharps in the market, and, and I, I think, you know, I've talked about this with you the past couple of weeks. I've talked about this with Thomas the past couple of weeks and Farrell the past couple of weeks. The sharps in the market have been way in on Kent State the last two weeks like in my opinion beyond uh, any rational thought where they were <laughs> they were adjusting the line to the point where you know two weeks ago it was Miami of Ohio last week it was Toledo the Miami of Ohio that was the one where they adjusted it so far the other way I was like I I gotta be missing something because because my system was showing 10 points of line value or more on Miami of Ohio Miami of Ohio ends up winning that game outright the Sharps get behind Kent State again last week against Toledo and I and my system both love Toledo. And, and that one, you couldn't fool me again. I, I was like, you know, it's not something I don't know. It's just people, you know, the sharps in the market, the, the money in the market is, is going behind them, whatever. I disagree. Um, in this one, it's flipping. And it's flipping to a team that stinks. Um, in Akron, of course, you're getting the, the 18 and a half points. But Akron, they're not playing offense the way it, – it's not just the talent. They're not um, – Jomo usually plays with a faster tempo, but he's had to sort of toggle things back. Um, you know, it's his first year there, whatever. And I, I assume that the personnel is not learning his system as, as, as quick as he had hoped. Um, and so, you know, he's not able to completely open the playbook up or open the, the schematic stuff with the, the, the getting them on their heels with the tempo and stuff like that. Um, I haven't loved what I've seen out of Akron. Kent State is greatly underwhelmed the, the last couple of weeks in terms of how the market perceived them. Um, that, that one's interesting, but I don't have a play on that one. I also don't have a play on, on Cal and Washington. Um, I have a better feel for Cal than I do for Washington. I'm still trying to get my, my finger on Washington. Obviously the offense, you Ooh, greatly respect it. Yeah. Well, Washington and, is trying to get a, a hold on Washington right now. They don't know. Can they defend anyone or will it matter here? Right. Like right. Uh, Cal, <laughs> Cal's only singular offensive player is that odd kid that they said the true freshman Jay where not, they, yeah. they, they ran into one, you know, and then they got a playmaker, but like the, um, the big, the hu- hugest concern. I mean, th- there's a lot of uh, concerns on the, the defensive side for Washington. I don't want to just single one out, but like one of the enormous ones, it's a secondary, right? Like after they lost a procession of NFL uh, defensive backs the last couple of years to the NFL, um, the secondary has been real bad this year after it was elite the, the last couple of years. You can throw on them pretty easy. Cal ain't going to throw on anybody. That's, that's, that's not their game. They're going to have to run a little bit. They should have success in doing that. But um, Cal also has a solid defense. So can they suppress the, the Washington scoring enough to keep it close? Obviously, the market thinks so. I'm not touching that one uh, because I, Washington is all over the place, and I, I, I can't get a feel on them. <laughs> they lost the, the Cal lost to Colorado last week in overtime. Yes. Uh, I can't believe that was one of my three I got right too, and uh, I picked the under in that yeah, game. Yeah, and it the, went to overtime, and I still got it, which yeah, was shocking. The, the certainly for the, the 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 final result was shocking, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that that under I, I was on as well, and was one of those that just jumped out to you where the number was just bad. 
Yeah. Um, in this one, I, I don't think the, the total is is off to that degree. And obviously, it's, it's a different sort of thing because Washington, when Washington can put up points, when it, they're it, exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm going to stay away from that one. The I love it when the sharps pick a side on 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 the crap bowl games, the Hawaii against <laughs> Colorado State, because because they tend to do that. Um, man, someone out there has got more conviction than me. Cause I've tried a couple times on these crap balls to go one way or the other. I did hit it right a couple weeks ago in that uh, epic, what was it Thursday or Friday night game? I forget. But when it was Colorado state against Nevada, but that was like, uh, that I game definitely was... didn't watch that one. Oh, I'll that... just say that. Oh, you, you missed out Scott. You, you I'm missed sure out. I did. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was an epic game of ineptitude on both sides. Um, <laughs> this one, Hawaii's playing a bit better and Colorado state has shown no signs of life outside of, Nevada facilitating the win for them in, in that one game a couple a couple times ago. Colorado State, though, has gotten people back. Um, we'll see if they can ever get up to – not up to snuff with what Norvell was used to when he was at – you know, I mean, going back just as recently as as last, you know, December, he had Carson Strong, Romeo Dubes, you know, go on and on. He had this explosive offense. This Colorado State team can't move the ball on anybody, in part because of the offensive line – the injuries they had earlier in the year were so bad. They've gotten some of those kids back. So you expect eventually that the thing to tick up a little bit, but they were awful on offense, even in that game against Nevada, where I happened to win, you know, they, I mean, they won outright as an underdog, but that was because the Nevada offense, again, was facilitating opportunities for, it wasn't because Colorado State blew up offensively. Hawaii is actually, I mean, these past couple of weeks, they've actually played better. They're actually starting to show some things. They, they've decided on Schrager as their quarterback. They're able to run the ball a little bit uh, now, knock on wood. Um, we'll see, Let, you know, getting the five and a half, um, I guess I can see where the Sharps are going with that with Hawaii. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to lay five and a half points with Colorado State, a team that can't move the ball on offense. But these are, you know, two of the four worst teams in the FBS. Yes. So you're, yeah, you're sort of trying to. It, it's, it's funny that all the tickets out. are one way or the other because, I mean, I just assume that if tickets on this game were somewhere, it'd be on the under, you know, yes. uh, I just well let, both bad offenses. Let's just take the under. Uh, but I think the under in that game is uh, fairly low. It's one of those where I 46 and a half. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and my adjusted one is 50. So it's like, it's hard for me to do that either, but like, I don't trust either of the offenses either. It, as soon as you convince yourself, this game is going to go under, then you go, well, what about turnovers? Like there could easily easily be some stupid fumble that goes for a touchdown or a sure. pick that goes for a touchdown. And, and th that way it sneaks a backdoor cover on the over. And I, you know, I can't, I don't like betting ineptitude unless it's way under, you know, uh, Colorado and Cal we did uh, last week. So I, I like it when it's the only game on at the time that you can watch. That's you know, true. Cause then yeah, you get yeah. into it. It's like a Scorsese movie that has like, you know, eight <laughs> different acts that Colorado state Nevada game was, was chef's kiss, but this one, you can't into an M night Shyamalan movie because maybe yeah. this is really good and close and fun, or maybe it's just a, a crappy movie. One well, way or the other. Nevada and Colorado state. What was that movie? Uh, was it called the room? Uh, you know, several years ago that was yeah. so bad. It was awesome. Where I, I remember there was a movie. Uh, that's all J Lo, or is that the cell? No, that no, no. That cell. was that was Geely. Um, Geely. Okay. I, I'm just as well attuned with crappy movies as I am college football <laughs> teams. The, the, the room was was made by this guy named Tommy Wiseau, and nobody knows like how he got the money to finance this thing, but he financed it, and it's it's the worst movie you'll ever see. But it's so bad that it's hilarious. And I remember this one movie critic had a line where he said, "You could put Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg." 
and the you know Ridley Scott and the hundred best directors of all time in one room and give them forty years to scheme about this, they would not be able to come up with a movie as good bad as that one, as good awful as as that movie was. You couldn't you couldn't make it. You couldn't strategize to make a, a movie like that. Anyhow, that's what copy <laughs> games are like usually. But I ain't touching this one because I I can't enjoy it like a fine wine. I, I'm staying away from that one. Uh, all right, let's go to the totals here. Like I said, four more totals for you. All four are unders. Most of them have the same, you know, they're in the same range. They're within 10 to 20% uh, of the money and the tickets. So we start with Buffalo versus Toledo under 58s at 98%, 87%. Stanford versus Arizona State under 54 and a half, 97 to 88. And then Missouri versus Vanderbilt. Under 52 and a half, 99 to 82%. The one with the giant difference in cash to uh, tickets. And once again, this is Wednesday. All of these will be changed tomorrow. We're just talking about early week, um, you know, money here where it's moving. Penn State versus Minnesota under 44 and a half is 95% under, but the over is 65 percent of the tickets so um buffalo uh, versus toledo stanford arizona state missouri vandy all under tickets and cash penn state huge discrepancy here what do you see in any of these games but obviously let's start with this penn state and minnesota game yeah that that feels like a classic someone knows something uh because <laughs> i mean the, the key to that handicapping whether it's the total or the side it's a health status of both the quarterbacks Right. right. Like, you know, Clifford had gotten knocked out of their game last week against Michigan and all air had to come in and finish the thing out. Um, and, you know, that, that was a body injury. Whereas Tanner Morgan's, he got knocked out against Illinois with a head injury. Um, we don't know the status of statuses of those kids. I've tried to figure out at least Tanner Morgan's because, you know, I, I live in Minneapolis and I have a couple. couple <laughs> you got a couple connections. <laughs> I, I, I got a couple of people I can ask about this, but I, I have not yet heard like, you know, he's going to play. He's not going to play. Um, the like flex public comments were very positive, but we know the coaches that say positive things about a health status of a player that they know is not going to play. So like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go, but I would say even though I don't have a, you know, any inside information on this, it, it seems like the market believes that Sean Clifford is not going to play. And the reason that I say that you is return to practice today. And we'll see, you know, we're on Wednesday, right? Like most yep. teams want the, the guy back at the beginning of the week. We'll, we'll see. Um, but the, that line was already felt to me when it opened a little suspiciously low. And then it came down even further uh, towards, towards the Minnesota side. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why that line would come down. If not for the market, believing that Tanner Morgan was going to play and Clifford was not going to play Minnesota struggles to throw the ball anyway, even with Tanner Morgan, <laughs> they don't have any receivers whatsoever. And the backup on Minnesota stinks. I mean, maybe someday down the road he'll be okay. He's but... just not. It's it's hard going from Tanner Morgan, four year starter, to anybody else, right? Well, yeah, but he'd only thrown like eighteen passing yards when he got knocked out against Illinois. Like the, the whole thing wasn't going. But at least you know, at least he wasn't giving the ball to the defense when the kid. I I, I don't try to pronounce his name. He got the uh, Greek last name, but the the redshirt freshman that Minnesota has with the Greek last name, he comes in and. <laughs> He, he, he was throwing for just as little yards as Morgan was, but he also gave the ball to Illinois twice, which destroyed Minnesota's chances of winning in, the, in that fourth quarter. Um, you can't bet on Minnesota, certainly, if, if, if that's the case. But if, if the, the, the Greek kid's in, then you'd go, oh. you would lean the under, especially if Clifford is out as well. 
But again, I don't have any news about the quarterback status. I, I would lean under just because of the uncertainty, but um, I'm just reading market indicators right now, you know, so you just got to go I'm, on that. I'm looking at this kid's name. And you're absolutely right. Ethan. Uh, you try. Kaliak Manis uh, is what it looks like. That That's what I'll go with. So uh, there you go. Uh, what about any of these other games? Like we said, on these other ones, the cash and the ticket seem to be lining up. Uh, do you have a good lean on any of these other three? Of the, okay, Buffalo and the, and Stanford. Buffalo, Toledo, Stanford, ASU, and Missouri Vandy. Yeah, the um, the Buffalo, Toledo, my, my system's over under is within a half point of what it is in Vegas right now. So I, I, I wouldn't on that one, um, Stanford. And I, I did look into this one quite a bit, the, the Stanford and uh, Arizona state game. Uh, we were talking about this in the previous hour that I would on lean. Stages, yeah. Yeah. I, I would lean Stanford on the side, but like um, I, I have too many questions where I just, I can't pull the trigger on the side total. I mean, it, it sort of feels the same way. Like my, my system's total is two points less than what the, the Vegas one is right now. But, like, on the Arizona State side, it feels like Emory Jones is going to come back. Is that an upgrade or a downgrade for that? I think it's a downgrade. I mean, ASU won with the backup, um, you know, last week. And I've I've heard some, you know, because I used to live in Arizona. So I, I got some stuff. I've heard that some of the players thought that the backup was better than Emory Jones. And they were kind of thinking, what are we going with Emory for? This other guy's better. So the uh, French kid, I think, Bourgeau. Is that his last name? Something like that. You so. got the you got the pronunciations today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, attempts at least. So yeah, like and you know the other thing, like Stanford. What what is the status of their offensive line? You know they, they have a guy shuffle in and out, injury concerns all year. Are, are they going to get Rouse back their left tackle? Um, I I wouldn't touch that total. Um, the other one was the other one Missouri and Vanderbilt. Yeah, Missouri Vandy under fifty two and a half. Yeah, that one, my, my system total is five points above uh, where it is, and I don't trust either of those defenses. So, I mean, I, I guess if I had to lean, it would be in that direction, but not a play for me officially. All right, let's go over to the uh, big five games of the week. Uh, we got five ranked-on-rank matchups to talk about here, and let's just start with uh, number five, Clemson. 13 and a half point home favorites against number 14 Syracuse shout out to uh, Thomas here. Uh, 49 and a half is the total on that game. What do we think of Clemson and Q's? You forgot to say the undefeated Syracuse orange. Oh, for, oh for well, I mean, I'm not going to lay it all out like that. Come on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, as far, I mean, both on the side and the total of this game, it's for me, it's, it's too hot to handle. I, I feel like both the, the spread and the, the total are, are pretty close. Um, Syracuse plays good defense. We know that the Clemson has a good defense. Clemson hasn't played quite as good as, as we thought so far, but Syracuse, their defense played way better than we thought it would. Syracuse is obviously jumping way up in competition. Um, you know, I mean, circumstances have helped them also a somewhat, uh, soft opening, uh, slate has also helped them as well. And again, you got to jump in competition. Now Clemson has been getting way closer to full strength on defense you know, with with especially with the defensive interior guys coming back, they got uh, Breezy come back and Xavier Thomas and like stuff like that. Whereas you know they, they hadn't had any continuity with that before. But obviously, the, their front seven coming into the year, we projected it as the most talented uh, front seven in the nation. Um, so they're going to keep you know getting better, better. The defense has played better, including the secondary, which did not acquit itself well earlier in the season. 
Um, as, as far as the total goes, um, my system total is 54 and a half. It's four and a half points or whatever above the, maybe, maybe a couple more above the, the Las Vegas total, but this game may turn into more of like the chess match feeling each other out kind of a thing. And Clemson's offense has gotten a bit better as well. I'm, I'm not touching this game. I, I just like, I, I feel like on both sides, it, it's like I said, too hot to handle the, um, the Alabama, Mississippi State game. Um, That's Bama by 21, number six, Alabama. Uh, 21 point favorites against number 24, Mississippi State. 60 and a half is the total in that game. Yeah, the my system definitely leans heavily towards the over. Um, has an over, over, uh, total, adjusted total on that game of 72 and a half. The side, I, I was tentatively leaning towards Mississippi state earlier in the week where, you know, it made my final cut list of like 25 or whatever. Um, it's, I couldn't quite get there in, in part, like um, there was, and, and this is way bigger than betting college football, Mississippi <laughs> state, Mississippi state got some very unfortunate news today. Oh which, yeah. Oh, is that public? I, I actually didn't even, I, I did see, yet. I did just see it right before we started. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Then, yeah. Like, um, at least that we can talk about it, but like, yeah, very, very, very unfortunate news. And, um, it, like, it, it's hard. Cause like you have the mindset on the Alabama team of like coming off of, you know, sustaining their first loss last week, Mississippi state now is dealing with something far bigger than football. Um, it's hard for me to get my finger on, on where both those teams are going to be come Saturday. So, even though like I, I would lean Mississippi state. Cause I feel like the 21 is inflated. I can't get there for those reasons. Uh, like I said, the, the over is probably where I'd lean Mississippi state's run defense can absolutely be had. I do think Mississippi state is going to certainly they're, they're going to fare much better against Bryce young in terms of the stat line, in terms of the efficiency and explosion than Tennessee did maybe not on the scoreboard, but like just, <laughs> you know, pass defense against pass offense. They're going to fare better. Mississippi State's pass defense is good, but you can run on Mississippi State. You can run on them all day. Um, so, so Jameer Gibbs is going to have a big game. I, I would, for me, this would be more of a prop game. I'd, I'd want to play the under on Young and the receivers for Alabama. Want to play the over on, um, on Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, and on the on the rushing total, whatever. And Mississippi State, they need to. They absolutely need to play better against Alabama than they have the last two times out because the two times that Leach has played them, Alabama's mopped the floor with them. Are what Alabama team are you going to get here? They're going to be locked right. in. They're going to be engaged, or or not? Um, you'd expect an inspired effort from Mississippi State in lieu of all these circumstances, but we don't know. I, it's just something that's outside my my purview, so I, I got to stay away from this one. Hard to imagine Bama looking, uh, you know, they didn't look bad last week, but they lost, but, uh, you know, losing or losing and looking bad two weeks in a row. And the not, penalties not and, and the blown recently. coverages and like, yeah. Dude, they are dead last in, in college football, 131 out of 131 in penalties per game. Really? Yeah. They're dead last. I didn't, I didn't know it was quite that. Well, I, I knew that they, it was. Remember, they had worse 17, than... or it was like an Alabama record yes. against Texas. So, yeah. Uh, and then last week, they had 16. Like, yes. this is not what Alabama usually does. They're, yeah, they're, they're very undisciplined. And the there's been, there's been wonkier decisions with the depth chart this year at Alabama than any year I can remember under Saban. And it's not far be it for me to say that Saban's wrong and I'm right. But like, you know, like the stuff like Eli Ricks, for instance, um, 
he was a shutdown cover corner at, at LSU prototypical NFL kid, you know, in terms of the frame and everything like that, he can't get on the field at Alabama. Jermaine Burton was there, was their enormous acquisition on, you know, I mean, in the receiving core outside of Jameer Gibbs, um, he has not been targeted nearly as much or been as effective as, as people thought Harold, th- th- that's sort of outside of the you know thing, whatever, but like Harold hadn't been in a while, but like because of injury, but there's just been weird. Jacory Brooks would be the other one I bring up, or Jacory Brooks was expected to be either their second or their third receiver, and for most of the season he he was on the bench. But then there's random games where he'll pop off. It like it, it's just I don't know what's going on there this season. I don't trust Alabama anymore. And like I said, this is a lot of points. I was leaning towards Mississippi State, but because of circumstances, I, I just need to stay away from this one. Yeah, I just went and looked and uh, 66 penalties against uh, Alabama. And I think the Utah State is 65. I believe UMass has 60. I mean, this is these are the teams. Great company. Yeah, these are the teams that uh, we're in company with here. Yeah, those are the only three teams with 60 uh, and Alabama has the most. I, I guess in per game, they're 128 out of 131. But in terms of volume. Uh, they have the most penalties in college football this year, which is just crazy to think of. Um, number eight, TCU, three and a half point home favorites against number 17, Kansas State. Total is 54 in that one, Thor. What do you think? Yeah, my, my lean would be towards TCU. I don't know if I can get all the way there on, on pulling the trigger, but I might. Um, I, I camp out on Kansas State in this game. Uh, Kansas State, their their ancillary defensive numbers are awesome. Like, you know, you just go up and down the board whether it's you know, just the regular counting sets, whether it's advanced sets, whatever. But they have not played very many good offenses so far. And Oklahoma, they didn't – like, it wasn't like they, uh, you know, uh, nuked the scoreboard. But um, in, in terms of the chunk plays that they were getting, in terms of the yards per play, stuff like that, um, th- that offense, which uh, is, is is not as good as the one that Kansas State can be facing on Saturday, it acquitted itself well enough that you have to wonder – how is TCU going to do against Kansas State? You can't just be like, oh, you know, Kansas State's a top 20 defense because, you know, yada, yada. You have to bake in the strength of schedule. Um, TCU has been able to score on everybody. They've been able to generate explosive plays on everybody. Um, and they're obviously still playing for um, an enormous goal here, you know, still being undefeated, whatever. Um, they were able to pull that one out against Oklahoma State late, maybe in part because Spencer Sanders was compromised. But um, for me, that was the down performance for TCU out and they won and but you know the, the, the coaching staff I mean, you know it's not going to be they're not going to come and disengage you know or like you know whatever um in the same way as last week i would expect a more locked in tcu i don't know that that kansas state matches up terribly well although deuce vaughn is gonna get his for sure but it's just like outside of that how can kansas state generate offense and the thing you about tcu defense it ain't the best in the world but they brought back nine or 10 starters They're all week there. They have seen all the film of Deuce Vaughn and the culture Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn. The TCU defenders are dreaming of Deuce Vaughn at this point. They will know every, wherever Deuce Vaughn is in the formation. They're going to know. Oh, they, yeah. they will know. Um, it, it's not to say that Deuce Vaughn can't, can't, you know, go ballistic or whatever, but unless he does, I would really like TCU's chances. And that's the one guy you got to bottle up. I, I like TCU in this game. 
Uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, number 10, Oregon, six-point uh, home favorites against number nine, UCLA, 69.5 is the total on this one. So a high-scoring Pac-12 game. Who would have thought, Thor? Uh, what do you like between Oregon and UCLA here? I, I would lean UCLA. It seems like the market's actually leaning towards Oregon. I, I saw it a bunch of books that that line actually toggled up to six and a half today. But um, for me, it, it would be UCLA. My, my number toggled up a little bit with it. Uh, um, Oregon minus five point seven. So my system, do, my system does you know lean UCLA. I probably lean a little bit harder, but I haven't bought a ticket on that game, and I'm not sure that you know like we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, UCLA has overcome what the market expected of it multiple times already this season, Washington and Utah. They won, they both won both those games as, you know, outright upsets, whatever. Um, this line to me seemed a little bit uh, inflated towards, towards the Oregon side. You would expect UCLA will still be able to run the ball a bit on Oregon. Um, and well, that's, this game, the, the outcome of it's probably going to come down to a lot of what can DTR do through the air. But with where the points are in this one, with six, you know, closing in on seven potentially, I'm not betting it now unless that line gets up to seven or seven and a half. And then, then I'm gonna, you know, uh, buy a ticket on on UCLA. But like right now, I it, it's it, it's 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 tough because of what I see the market doing with Oregon. It's another one of those where you wonder like, what are they seeing that I'm not? Because I felt like the the line was a bit inflated towards that side already. How about the first road test for uh, Quinn Ewers? Number 20, Texas, six and a half point road favorites at number 11, Oklahoma State. 61 is the total here. Uh, tell me why my Longhorns win this one going away, Thor. I'm, I'm sure that's what you have, right? <laughs> well, uh, certainly if Spencer Sanders doesn't play. Uh, this yeah. one, you know, it, it's another game where it all comes down to the health of one player. Because mm -hmm. if Spencer Sanders is playing, he's been line, incredible. He really has been. He has, and and the, the only time his play ticked down over these last couple of weeks because he has this this shoulder issue that he's been playing through that Oklahoma State is going out of their way to tell us nothing about. You know, yeah. both his status, <laughs> you know, coming up here, but also they didn't tell us anything about that either. Uh, in fact, Mike Gundy was very upset at I think it was was it Molly McGrath last week because she she had ascertained that Spencer Sanders had not practiced. The, the week leading into that game. And then Molly McGrath asked Mike Gundy about it before the game. And then Mike Gundy afterwards was furious because then they reported on air that Spencer Sanders hadn't practiced. And it's like, Mike, your job is to coach. Her job is to ask questions. If you didn't right. like what you said, that's on you, pal. It ain't on her. Um, Mike Gundy though, is one of the more prolific obfuscators of truth. As far as the media For goes sure. with, with the, he's a man, know, he's 50. He's he's a man. He's not going to tell us anything about his injured players. It, yeah, he it, it, he's not forty is. anymore. He that is it is over a decade. I think he's fifty one and fifty two now. So that I'm a man. I'm forty. Uh, stuff was from over a decade ago, and he's been doing that that stuff for a long time. So. Yeah, but like the information ain't getting out there about about this. Like they are so tight lipped, and again, happy yeah. to lie to the media about the injury stuff unless Molly McGrath can do a gotcha on him. <laughs> um, this week, uh, Spencer Sanders has been extremely limited and or out of practice in the same way, but again, he played last time. You would almost think that, that he would be getting healthier at this point, especially after there was some word out of, uh, Oklahoma state that he, he did not aggravate anything further after the last game. In fact, they, they were sort of forwarding to people that he was feeling solid after the last game. But then there was also the reports on the other side of people being like, well, Spencer Sanders might not play. 
Um, so it's, you know, again, you have a dearth of information. So there's just a bunch of speculation and people like, you know, grabbing one random thing and then running with it and extrapolating. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I haven't gotten any outside information about this. Everybody is asking, like in all the threads I'm in, does anyone have an idea about Spencer Sanders? Does anyone have an idea about Spencer? No one does. So, right. so Oklahoma State has succeeded in keeping this one close to the best. If Spencer Sanders starts, this line is way too high. It's just absolutely way too high. Um, if he does not start, it's not. Uh, then, you know, you, you go at Texas. Earlier in the week, I, I was very confident that Spencer Sanders would start because of the things that I, I had heard. Um, now there's it, it, some of these reports seem more pessimistic about it. But again, I, I don't know if that's just Mike Gundy playing games with the media and his opponent or not, but it's certainly gotten into my head and maybe just a little bit uh, more cautious towards this one now later in the week than earlier um, I, I would love to have a definitive report on Sanders' status, but we ain't going to get that before the game. If, if anyone out there has a friend on, on either one of the sides, certainly <laughs> DM, DM me with the information, but also th- that would inform the entire handicap. It's Spencer Sanders' availability. That's what it is. Uh, at Thor KU on the yeah. uh, Slide into those the DMs. They're open. Right, exactly. Uh, get get after him there. Uh, all right, well, that's all the big five games here, Thor. So that just, I'm going to hand it off to you. Uh, give me a game or two that uh, you are liking this week uh, that uh, maybe we should be uh, looking to maybe throw a unit on or, or a couple. I'll go um, I'll go with that the LSU Mississippi the Mississippi LSU Mississippi game, um, which I don't believe we talked about on this hour. We we talked about it last hour, but I'm yeah. gonna go with that one because it's a big ish game for sure, uh, or a big game. You can take the ish off of it if you like, um, and it's also a game where I have not just one lean. Uh, two leans on it. I, I th- there's a side I like and, and a total I like. Um, I definitely the, the stronger lean or the stronger play for me is the under of that game. That the the, the total that Vegas put out is way too high. Um, and like yeah. a, a head scratching high, you know, like with, it's a two with run artists. first teams. So it's yeah, and, and two teams that are going to lean even further into that. Mississippi State or uh, I keep saying state after I say Mississippi, but Mississippi. Ole Miss runs over 65% of their offensive snaps already. And that's the, the part of the LSU defense. If you had your druthers that you would attack, it, it would be the, you, you would avoid their pass defense. So I, like I expect uh, Mississippi to, to lean even more into their run game. And then th- that's LSU's thing is, is running, especially because they're funneling all the usage into Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels have, has 90 rushing attempts. Next highest guy in LSU has 49 so like, you know, I mean, like you get the passing and, and the running, but it's mostly the, the the run game with them, whatever. Um, again, I expect both of them to lean into it. Mississippi has a, a pretty solid uh, pass defense. So you're going to get the running clock. Um, and, you know, you're going to have that probably less plays, probably less possessions. And, you know, e- what you would extrapolate from the, the tempo, especially with, with Mississippi being top five in tempo in, in, in the nation. Um, but the other part of it is, once they get over the opponent's 40-yard line, both these offenses have struggled to the um, in terms of converting opportunities into points in terms of what you would have projected based on the yards that they've gained in advance of that 40. And both these defenses are really good at suppressing uh, points per opportunity um, uh, f- from the opponent, you know, one, once they get into the scoring uh, opportunities, whatever. So those things line up really well. And again, you're going to have the constantly running clock. There's also the thing of uh, Mississippi's offense has, has not been as good, quite as good as, as we thought it would be this year. 
their defense has been better, but their offense has been a little bit down. Not because of the run game, which they've heavily leaned into. That has been as as advertised. The passing game is not nearly as good as it was when Matt Corral was running around and Elijah Moore and Yaboa and, and 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 all that sort of stuff. Jackson Dart to this point has been a moderate disappointment. I don't want to say full fledged disappointment because. Like he, he's got a couple of years, you know, left and he's got several games this year. So to, to try to get it back on track, but the, the singular, like really good games he's had have been against terrible opponents. And when they've stepped up in competition, he hasn't looked nearly as good. The last three games, they, they played SEC opponents, but they haven't even been that great ones. Like over, like, you know, uh, Vandy, Auburn, uh, Kentucky, Jackson Dart threw four interceptions in those games. And if you toss out the Vanderbilt one, you just look at, at the other two uh, against Kentucky and Auburn. He averaged something like 165 or 170 passing yards in those two games on only 50% completions, despite the, the interceptions being more than the touchdowns. I, I don't really trust him in, in a situation against a good pass defense. And, and Ole Miss is uh, receiving cores a little bit down as well, in part because of the injuries that they've had, moving bodies in, new kids that, that they had on the roster, et cetera, brought in from the transfer portal. Again, running clock. Don't expect the offenses to do well in scoring position. Uh, don't trust the Ole Miss offense as much as they do their defense, which is really weird to say, but it it it, it is what it is. I'm going to take the under in this one. I, I like that a lot. And as far as the side goes, the market has moved this one from from where Mississippi was a short under. Or I'm sorry, Mississippi was a short favorite. The market has moved this thing now to where uh, LSU is is the small favorite. I agree with that line movement. I would lean LSU as well. LSU is going to be a play for me. Um, I trust LSU more. Ole Miss hasn't played anybody this year. And despite that, they've struggled in like half of their games. So, some of these games against really poor competition. This is this is a step up in competition for them. The best team they played so far is, uh, you know, I, I suppose Kentucky. Um, no other opponent on their on their schedule would would concern you to this point. Whereas LSU, they I believe they played a top 20 strength of schedule to get here. Right. And, the, and that started right away with, with Florida State. And then, you know, the. the, the and some of the, you know, against Tennessee, uh, they got smacked around. But right, we were talking about that before. Part of that was circumstantial where they had fumbled the opening kickoff and then things got away from them really quickly. But I trust this LSU team a lot more. They're at home. They, they have faced the, the much harder competition. So, so they know what it's going to be like to face a roster of analogous talent. I backed them, LSU, last week against Florida. Won that one easy as a short underdog. Um, I, I'm going to lay the very small amount of points that it's now switched to with LSU. I, I like the LSU side. All right. Well, look, that is going to wrap it up for us. Good luck in week eight for all of you and all of your bets. Remember, you can follow us on the Twitter at Bogman Sports at Bogman Sports for myself at Thor KU for Thor. And we also do a stages right before we record this uh, every single Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We jump on the betting pro stages. It is free. All you got to do is sign up, jump on there, and you can ask us about any of the games you want, any of the plays, you want confirmation, you want to talk through a line, any bet. We would love to talk to you guys there. So please check that out if you would. And Thor, obviously you got more shows coming up this week. Let's hear them. What do you got? Yeah, on, on Saturday, um, we got the, the uh, college football game day live with me and Mike Farrell, where for 90 minutes, we go through as many college football games as we can get to on the card. We also take audience questions. So please join that one live. Um, it starts at 10 a.m. Eastern and goes until 1130 a.m. Eastern. So it ends 30 minutes before the, the kickoffs. 
Um, but we will give you guys value on that. I, I promise you sides, totals, prop bets. We, we, we go through everything um, and hit all the major games on the card. And then on, on Sundays, uh, me and Thomas sit down after we look at the opening numbers, go through where there could be value. You know, I, I run my numbers earlier on Sunday for the, the coming week where there uh, potential early week plays, uh, you know, that are out there. And then also injury news that are affecting uh, some of the other lines, stuff like that, early week angles, stuff like that. So check that one out as well. Check those out. Good luck in your week eight bets, and we will see you all next week. Take it easy, everybody.